the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. Have it. How can you give it? You don't need to be an old, carnal, fleshly saint. You ought to be more spiritual as you grow older. Ain't nothing like an old fool. Parents, you cannot give what you do not have. And you can't be so hard and mean and callous and nitpicky expecting them to hear you. You have to find something good about your children. Even you have to pray to ask God to show it to you. So parents, you cannot give what you do not have. You must be a saved, growing, spiritually mature parent. There are some children don't want to be around their parents. Because they're so hard on them, so down, nothing's ever right. I mean, if it's not this, it's not that. Well, why don't your children do this? You didn't do this. We didn't do this. I mean, you comparing your parenthood to, you know, to theirs and all that kind of stuff, and you make it so bad. You just get in the way. The in-laws become outlaws. You must be a saved, growing, spiritually mature parent. Let me tell you something, parents. That means you have to practice what you teach and be a good example before your children. A good example. Say good example. In other words, your children know when you are being a hypocrite, mom and daddy and grandma and aunt and auntie and uncle, cuz. Your children know when you are being a hypocrite, they're smarter than you think. They should catch the vision of godliness from your holy lifestyle. I mean, they learn holiness from watching you and they learn carnality and being a fool from watching you, too. Listen, the reason why some children are so worldly is because they get mixed messages from their own parents. Oh, now you're choking up now. I I reiterated the reason why some children are so worldly is because they get mixed messages from their own parents. You got folk coming to your house, you smooching on and before your children, not married to, one night stand. Them folk, no kids know that person don't belong in that house. You cussing in the house and then you're singing in the choir and they looking at mama. Ooh, mama. That's right. That's right. They're looking at you with a the lottery ticket. 
You're teaching them to gamble, and they're going to lose everything. Huh? You say, well, I don't get drunk, but perhaps your child will become a drunkard because they saw you who could handle it, and they couldn't handle it, but they caught it from you. Huh? Huh? You smoke up the house, chances are high they're going to smoke up the house. Maybe you didn't get lung cancer, but they will. Are y'all still out there? If you out there, say amen. Or say ouch or something. You get mixed messages. Parents, if you got all these tattoos over your body, they're going to have it all over their head. They're going to tattoo their tongues and everything else. Tattoos all over, and you're trying to be a good example. And then you wonder why your child can't. Listen, you already, we already got strikes against us. We don't have to help folk, not hire us. You scare folk. They may hair all kinky and all messed up and looking wild and grilled all in your face. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> what are you doing? Parents body, body piercing themselves all over. <laughs> Can't even talk. Body piercing all over. You got mamas whose skirts are shorter than the daughters. Huh? And then you wonder why your children are all corner. All corner. Because you, you look bad. You look bad. You talking bad. You looking at X-rated stuff. You won't turn the TV off or turn the channel or get that stuff off the television or drop that. Some of y'all paying for sin and won't even pay your tithes. You got all those channels. 892 channels and can't get 10%. Oh, God, I told you I wasn't through. I had to go back and revisit this message. I'm, my goal is to get the world out of you. And parents, your, your children can't be no more holier than you. You're setting a bad example. Oh, God. Boy, this look bad. This look bad. C. Oh, whatever it is now. I lost my alphabet. Just get the next one. (laughs) Your children should not be more kingdom minded than you. Your children should be more kingdom minded than you. Uh Uh-uh. They should not have to stay home because you don't want to come to church. Your child want to come to church, want to come to Sunday school, want to come to youth ministry. Never punish your child not coming to church because they love coming to church. Listen, that's the last thing you ought to do. When you do that, you're not going to come to youth ministry. Now, you're driving them away. That's not a good punitive thing to do. That's bad. Matter of fact, you just said use that as a punitive measure because you don't want to bring them. And then you drop them off. And use the church as a nursery while you go down to the forum in the mall and you come back at nine using the church as a glorified babysitter. So your child is growing in Christ while you growing in your own materialism. <laughs> Did I say that? No, I didn't say it. God said it. You don't drop your child. You bring your children to church. Bring them and drop them off. Go. 
have your dinner, lunch, whatever you come back, pick them up. Child growing, you dying. That's a sad day when a child have more spirituality than their parents. That's sad. That's real sad. I mean, that's past sad. Instead of you, you training your child, your child's training you. Oh, God, help me preach this message. I'm trying to help you help make the most of your new year. Look, be excited about the spiritual development of your children and refuse to pour water on their fire. Don't be a stumbling block to your child's faith. Your children, oh, you ought to be, what did the pastor teach today? Tell me three points you learned from the pastor. What did you learn? What did your, your Sunday school teacher teach you, John? What did you learn in vacation Bible school? What, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And how do you, now, what, what do we learn? How do we get this, this word into real life lessons while you eating? Some of y'all can't teach lessons because the television's on while you eating. You know? So Deuteronomy, I mean, you just in a stumbling block. Kids come back from Mo Ranch, fired up. I mean, they've been crying out to God, just happy, on fire, jumping. I mean, they just excited about God. And you come, and then child comes in the car, get in the car, well, what's your problem? What? Huh? I'm going to just see how you're going to act three weeks from now. Wait a minute. Now, that's not the way. Three weeks? You ought to be. Y'all, hey, that's it. We're going to see what, what it's going to be like three weeks from now. I'm going to see if it's real. And you know what you're doing? You're putting their fire out. Instead of cultivating the fire, you're pouring water on it. And you wonder when your child act a fool and leave away and you mad and trying to cry to God and God saying it's you. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six through nine. And these words which I command you today. Now you got to turn to it. When you finally say amen. We're going to grow up this year. <laughs> We're going to grow up this year. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 9, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, the word ought to be all around. You ought to see the word. You ought to have some scripture on the walls. You know, the scripture memory verse ought to be on the refrigerator. Every time they look, every wall, you got scriptures and you got, you got sacredness, uh, 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 an ambiance of sacredness in that house. And you teaching them when they get up, you're talking about God. When they eat, you're talking about God. When, when the best time to talk about God is when they're in that car because they can't get out. <laughs> talk about God. And don't let them put that stuff in their ears while you talking. Talk about God. Go to bed with God. It's about God. Your children need God because these worldly professors with PhDs that don't know God would talk what little they got in them out of them because you didn't build it up. These atheists and agnostics and all these folks, they sitting in seats of high learning. And they speak with authority. 
And if you don't have the word inculcated in your child, they'll be blown away. That's why we lose our children after they graduate, because college is waiting to suck out everything you put in. Listen, if you're going to make the most of this new year, you need to ask God to heal your painful memories and press on so that you can serve God to the maximum of your potential. You want to make the most of this year, you got to let the memories of last year, 20 years ago, you have to let God release you of that, press on so that you can serve God to the maximum of your potential. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. When you find it, say amen. Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind. If you keep looking back, you're going to sink your life. You got to look forward. A runner don't win a race looking backwards. You don't run a race like this. They going like this and they running and they pressing. You're not, look, you're not looking back. You got to look forward. You see? And, and the best way to have your painful memories healed is to actually execute Psalms 107, 28. It says, he sent his word and heal them. Wow. You know the word will heal you? The word of God is therapeutic. I'm going to tell you something. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When you come to church and you get this word that I'm preaching and you begin to live out the word, you won't need to be sitting in counselor's office for pastoral counseling because the word of God is counsel. Did you hear what I just said? The word of folk that seek counsel all the time is because they're not living out the counsel from the pulpit. Now, some pulpit man, you don't have no counsel because the word is not fair. That's why I'm not concerned about how emotional you get, although emotion, having emotions is a part of worship. But you can't live on your emotions. <laughs> you got to live on the word. The word of God is therapeutic. It is. And sometimes they're giving you pills trying to medicate your problems away. And really, the issue is not medication as much as it is the word being actualized, executed, implemented in your life. You know why you stay sick? You hear it and you write it, but you don't live it. The rubber hit the road when you what? Live it. Jeremiah 17, chapter 17, verse 14a says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Healing comes from the word of God and healing from God. Do you realize God, uh, God, God can heal you directly? And sometimes God chooses to heal, you know, medicinally through medicine. And, uh, I tell you what, somebody's getting healed right now by radio, television, as well as this congregation. Some of y'all heard something already. How many of y'all heard something already that you needed to hear? You see, we need healing in the house and to lift your depression. 
Number five, listen. Stop clinging to unhealthy relationships and sever them before they destroy your dreams, your character, your reputation, and your finances. Even your health. Some of y'all are holding on to folk that you should have let a long time ago. You say, oh, I got my sign. I'm going to let my wife go. I'm going to let my husband go. Oh, God gave me my sign through Pastor Dre. But I'm not telling you, you divorce your husband. No, no, don't, 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 don't go there. Amen. I'm tired of him. He's nagging. She, 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 she get on my nerve. That's just what I needed to hear. He said, let him go. Now, mind you, your, your spouse can become a weight. They can become a weight. You better, you got to pray hard. You say, well, I just don't like him no more. That's the problem. Amen. Did nobody top, did nobody make you marry him? That was your choice. I want y'all to say amen. Look how quiet it's getting now. That's your choice. You say, I don't love him no more. God can help you love him again. The reason you can't love him again is because you don't want to love him again. You put your will ahead of the word. Oh, now that's a whole nother direction. <laughs> the will over the word. <laughs> That's why y'all, you, can't, oh, I, you don't love because you don't want to love it. You ain't trying to love it. You so focused on all his deficiencies until you, you've shipwrecked your own life looking at his issues. That quiet it got. You talk, what's wrong with him? But the real issue is, or what's wrong with her? The real issue is, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Both of you sinners. Both of you fall short. No perfect marriage, because both of you are imperfect people trying to get it together. Let me go on. I'm trying to help. No, I ain't going on. <laughs> y'all got some fraternity brothers, and some of y'all got some Masonic brothers. And sisters, you, I'm going to tell you something. That Masonic stuff is from the, from the pits of hell. Ooh, some of y'all get mad at me now. Y'all put that ahead of the word of God. All these secrets. Ain't no secrets in the kingdom. All that stuff. You got more allegiance to that stuff than you do the word of God. You go to your meeting, won't even come to Bible study. Oh, y'all, I don't care about you getting mad at me. Get over it. You know, you don't scare me. Look mean, mad. Get glad. Y'all keep coming back because you know I'm telling the truth. And it's early. It's, it's, it's early. Y'all here. Because you know it's medicine for the soul. Y'all cue yourself up with all these. Now you know you got to be committed when you are Omega Sci-Fi and you put a brand on your arm and you got a brand the rest of your life. Where's your brand for Jesus? And then came come to church in the rain. Oh God, I'm trying to get through, but the spirit won't let I want to preach the world out of the church. Relationships, my homeboys. A lot of folk have gone to jail from the streets. You know, some folk wouldn't be in the jail if they just went home. 
Just go home. What are you rambling two o'clock in the morning? Man, I'm married. I don't have time. I got children and grandchildren. I got responsibilities in this church. I don't have time to be rambling. If I get up two o'clock in the morning going somewhere, it's an emergency. Just getting home. I, I, don't want, I want to go home. It's a sad day when you don't want to go home. And some of y'all, that's why you're so hard to get along with. You're making the issue out of everybody else, and we're really a diversion from the reality of what's going on in your house. That's why you're so hard to get along with. Nobody want to be around you. You are just a meanie, and you make, oh, this horny dude, that's right. But the issue is your house is hellish. And you make us the issue. Stop clinging to unhealthy relationships and sever them before they destroy your dreams and your character, your reputation, your emotion, your finances. First Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Number six, if you're going to have the best year ever, it is critical that you serve the body of Christ with selfless sacrificial service. If you're going to have the best year ever, it, it is critical that you serve the body of Christ with what? Selfless, sacrificial service. Where's your service? And it's no excuse for you not being engaged and involved in ministry. If you are going to have the best year ever, it's critical that you serve the body of Christ with selfless, sacrificial service. What is required in our service to God? I'm going to give you maybe an A, B, and a C, and then I'll just stop because that's all you can take today. What is required in our service to God? You must have a love for people regardless of race, financial status, regardless of their behavior, and even when they are difficult, you have to love people. Jesus loved hard to love folk. Now, some of y'all just want to love folk and serve folk you like. You got to serve folk that give you hard time. Folk that's not going to appreciate you. You, you. you got to love folk regardless of their color. Regardless of their financial status, you don't just have a certain status coming into your house. You serve folk when they're difficult. First uh, John four seven eight says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God." When you love people, you serve people. That someone once said, "I would be in ministry if it weren't for the people." Y'all just caught that. Y'all haven't caught it yet. <laughs> I would be in ministry if it weren't for the people. Ministry is about people. It's about people. It's about pe- You're not dealing with computers. You're dealing with people. You're not dealing with software. You're dealing with people. Beloved, let us, it says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Be, we must serve him in the spirit of gladness. Psalms 100, uh, verse 2a says, serve the Lord with gladness. There ought to be a smile on your face. It ought to be a joy in serving. You know what? You serve God with gladness because God don't have to use you. If you think he has to use you, just watch, just die and see if the church will stop. I die, the church going on. You die, it's going to go on. And some of you going to die and we don't have to make one adjustment because of your death. If your casket was up here, where's the holes? What holes will we have to fill in ministry because you're no longer there? 
And then some of you, you serve God, but you think you, you, you just, you think God needs you. And you cocky with it. Think you're doing God a favor. And some of you doing just enough to get by. Just enough to say, I'm serving. I'm serving. Show up three times a year, but I'm in that ministry. No, you're not. You're not there. You, you can't come to a practice or a rehearsal. You can't stay for a second service in ministry. You can't, you can't go the extra mile because it's going to cost you something. You want to go home and see the cowboys. And some of y'all, you know what you do? Oh, oh thank you. I'm going to stop right here. You get in those ministries that are Sunday ministries. Now, nothing wrong with Sunday ministry because every, every ministry brings value to God. And I'm not putting down any, every ministry brings purpose. Sign up for a Sunday ministry, but make sure you get one that's not on Sunday, too, with the Sunday. Huh? Well, I'm a greeter. And I'm on Sunday. You're not in a, so you just agree. You're on Sunday. And that's it. You may only be on assignment once every three months. Sunday ministry. Some of y'all just get right where you are, it's not gonna, you're not going to come out on a Tuesday for a meeting or you're not going down to the Sam shelter because you got to drive in your car and you got to get down there with folk that don't smell too good. You're not going down to that jail where folk, God say, I was in jail and you didn't visit me. Huh? Huh? Where's the neighborhood outreach folk in here? You see? When the last time you knocked on the door? Jesus had an outdoor ministry. He spent very little time in the temple. <laughs> he was outdoors. He found those lepers outdoors. The woman of Samaria, outdoors. Blind man, Bartimaeus, outdoors. Huh? When you going outdoors? <laughs> if the Cowboys, first quarter, first down, stayed in a huddle until the fourth quarter, what would you think? you say, man. They sick. And some of you all, you in the fourth quarter of your life, it's almost, your life is almost over, and you still in the hunt. When are you going to go out and play the game? And all God's children said. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.